Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. I'm Matt Lachlan alongside Catherine Bogart, who's an associate producer and host for our content department, both with the New Jersey Devils and Prudential Center. She hosts our community podcast, and today she joins us on Speak of the Devils. Catherine, so good to have you with us. Matt, thank you so much. It is great to be here. What a mouthful of a title, but hey, that's how it is in the digital world. We all help out in as many areas and roles that we can, but I'm so happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about some of the community side of things that you've worked on recently. Yeah, it's been an incredible time to dive into how much we do as an organization with the community. And HBSC as a whole, but also the New Jersey Devils and Philadelphia 76ers have been so involved in their communities. So some of the things that we have been able to highlight are, of course, the recent racial injustice and how this organization is looking to fight that, not only internally, but externally. We've also dived in throughout this past season to community features within New Jersey, whether it's talking with Evan Yasser, who you know quite well, Mm -hmm. who is a local broadcaster himself, who um, was a big part of our Persons with Disabilities Night. But we've had a lot of great stories with Grace when we talked with Grace, one of our Hockey Fights Cancer honorees this year. So the community has been a fun part to work with here in New Jersey, but I'm so excited to continue it with the community podcast. There will be a lot of exciting episodes coming soon. So keep tuned in to Speak of the Devils. Well, it is an exciting time for the organization, and I'm not just speaking about the New Jersey Devils. For our HBSE organization, which is uh, the parent company, if you will, of the Devils, Philadelphia 76ers, the Innovation Lab, uh, Real Estate Ventures, a whole bunch of things come under that umbrella. But from a hockey side, if you think about it, over the past couple of months, we've hired a new head coach. We've hired an assistant coach. Tom Fitzgerald was named general manager after serving in that role as an interim general manager. The draft is less than a month away. We've got three first round picks. So there's a lot of excitement surrounding the New Jersey Devils. But I think particularly in today's world, the recent announcement uh, by Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment that David Gold has been named as the chief diversity and impact officer at HBSE. It might be the most impactful announcement of all that's taken place lately. Agreed. And David is someone who has worked so hard within HBSC to make sure that this company is taking a stand for human rights in fighting racism, not only in sports, but in the world. And David will be a huge driver of change. And of course, HBSC prides itself in being some of the most innovative and front forward leaders in any movement. So this will be an exciting next step for HBSC and to see such an incredible man take it at the helm. So David Gould is our guest as we welcome him to this, the latest edition of Speak of the Devils. Earlier this year, David Gould joined the HBSE family as executive director of the Sixers Youth Foundation. Prior to that, he served as the deputy director for community engagement and communications for Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney's Rebuild Initiative. And prior to working for the city of Philadelphia, David was a program officer at the William Penn Foundation, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to help improve education for low-income children, ensure a sustainable environment, foster creative communities that enhance civic life, and advance philanthropy in the greater Philadelphia region. And it is a great pleasure for me to welcome David Gould uh, back, in a way, to the HBSE family, just an extension and elevation of your role 
Uh, thank you for joining us on Speak of the Devils, and we appreciate your time. Thanks, Matt and Catherine, for having me. Thank you for the uh, uh, the rundown of my uh, my resume. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm I'm happy to be here. Excited about the new position and. Uh, happy to continue to be part of the HBSE family. Well, it's an incredible resume, and congratulations to you on putting that together over your young man, what has been just a <laughs> short time in the quote-unquote real world. But what attracted you to this position? What made you want to move further along in the organization after running the Sixers Youth Foundation as the executive director? Yeah, well, it wasn't, um, you know, I admit it wasn't anything that I was particularly angling for or had envisioned. I think we're all in a place right now as sort of a theme for 2020 in a place that we didn't we didn't expect ourselves to be. Um, but in particular, in respect to the conversations we're having nationally, and I know within our, our company um, uh, around race and, and racism and what our responsibility is as uh, individuals and, and within our jobs and as a company, again, uh, to really engage with that topic and, and try to be part of the solution. So, uh, of course, we're all aware of the unfortunate um, and tragic uh, murder of George Floyd uh, on Memorial Day weekend, um, and you know probably the overdue conversations that we've we've had. Um, a, a lot of us, most of us, probably in our personal lives. I know uh, at HBSC we've had a lot of conversations at work as well. Um, and through those conversations, and I know conversations that our managing partners Josh Harris and David Blitzer have had. You know, we, we came out in, in August with, uh, I think, a really tremendous commitment of $20 million for, um, uh, to support efforts that address the, the long-term impacts of systemic racism. So I was fortunate enough to be part of the working group uh, that came up with that commitment, and there's a plan attached to it, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk some about. Um, but part of, the, uh, part of what was in that commitment was the creation of this position. Um, and so as somebody who's, uh, you know, as you mentioned, have spent my entire career finding ways where I can serve in roles that, that give back to the community. And, um, you know, frankly, as, as a black man, race has been something that has always uh, been something that I've been aware of um, uh, and has impacted me a lot, both personally and professionally. Uh, the opportunity to continue to give back and then also uh, work towards racial equality from really a, a, an incredible platform within HBAC, especially when you think about the, the 76ers and the New Jersey Devils platforms. Um, uh, you know, it was really an opportunity that, uh, that I couldn't pass up. So I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. I think there's a lot of good that we can do um, and that we will do. Um, I'm grateful for the commitment that the company and our managing partners have made. And um, uh, yeah, just looking, looking forward to get, getting to work. You mentioned being a part of creating this action plan for HBSC. Now that you've seen it announced to the world and you've seen about a month later, you're hired in this position. How quickly do you feel the changes we will be able to see as HBSC continues on this path? Yeah, well, um, it's a really good question. I think what we need to do is um, we need to move with urgency, but we also need to remember that we're in a, a marathon and not a sprint. So when we think about issues of, of racism, right? Like this goes back to the, um, uh, you know, before our country was even founded. Um, these, are, these are issues that are centuries uh, in the making and a commitment from HBSC and, and other companies like ours who have made a commitment isn't gonna change things overnight. Um, and so, you know, we have some very tangible action-oriented programs that we're gonna be rolling out uh, in the near term, um, probably this fall leading up to the next season, especially around uh, how we how we invest in in businesses, specifically black-owned businesses, and some things that we'll be doing uh, with our real estate arm, HBSC Real Estate, which is just getting off the ground. Um, 
But another thing that, that we have to remember is that uh, this isn't a short-term commitment. Um, this, we're really thinking about how we infuse uh, uh, this mindset into how we do business. Um, uh, and so we have these early action items, but I think what's really important is that we have a commitment to continue thinking about how we push the envelope, how we speak out on, on issues of injustice, and how we think about ways that we can use our resources and our business to have a positive impact in the community. To say the least, and you referenced it, we are in tumultuous times. Yeah. 2020 has, has been some year and we still have more time to go. But I wonder, because of all that has happened, all of the attention that has been put on race in America and what is underlying all that has gone on, are the conversations easier to have? Do you find people are more receptive that there's been awakening that, hey, I don't consider myself a racist, but you know, there are things that have occurred, and maybe I'm part of them uh, as a white man, that enables subtleties to continue and blocks progress. Are those conversations easier to have? Yeah, you know, I think they're, um, it's a really good question, Matt. They are, they're always going to be difficult and uncomfortable conversations. Um, I think I think they're easier to start and easier to sustain right now. Um, so uh, the, I, I think people are more receptive and, and more open, I think, to being honest about what they know and what they don't know. I think uh, there's less defensiveness from folks who um, may not be uh, as accustomed to thinking about race or, or racism in their day-to-day lives. Maybe it doesn't impact them, so they haven't been forced to think about it as much. Um, something that I've been really grateful for is that, um, you know, I think without, without those conversations, and again, you know, like we've had a lot of those within the company, um, I don't think we're at the place today where we have, um, uh, uh, where we've made this commitment and, and this position has, has been created. So like for me personally, um, there are pieces about it that are easier. Um, to be frank, uh, there's a great sense of relief that I have when um, probably for the first time in my professional career, I've really uh, been open and transparent and honest about certain things that I've experienced as a black man, where I'm sharing them across the company and not just with my peers who have similar experiences. Um, uh, but that's also draining, you know, like that's, it's, it's really emotional. And so um, I don't want to say it's, I know you weren't asking if it's easy. It, maybe it's a little bit easier to, to start the conversations. They're always going to be tough. Um, but I think really what's happening right now is, and probably partly because we're all locked in our homes for, for the most part, um, uh, is that there's, there's a greater awareness and acceptance of the importance of it and a commitment to, to try to sustain the conversation. I think that's something that we really have an opportunity to do, especially given the platforms that we have, um, you know, just the, the breadth of our, of our fan base and our audience is to, um, you know, just make sure that we continue having this conversation. It's not episodic. It's not temporary. Again, these are issues that are that are centuries in the making, and so um, we need to make sure that uh, this isn't a, a short-term effort or a short-term conversation. David, you just mentioned how in the past you may have only talked to other coworkers who experienced the exact same parts of racism that you experienced, but now it's shifting into a whole company discussion. What are you seeing out of this HBSC action plan that will allow those conversations to continue, not only with the Devils or the Sixers, but throughout HBSC as a whole? Yeah, you know, I think um, uh, so. There, there's really two two parts of that. One is um, I think we're gonna, and, and part of part of my charge is to make sure that we continue to have discussions internally as a staff. Um, again, 
Uh, I know I've already mentioned this a couple of times, but there have been really some, there have been some powerful uh, like information, like sharing sessions um, where we've shared our own experiences. A lot of people have shared their, their, their experiences with this topic. Um, uh, and I think that's something that we need to continue to do. Um, we want to think about, there've been a lot of staff who've reached out and said, you know, I'm, um, uh, I know that I have a lot to learn. I want to help. I want to learn how to be helpful. Um, and I think we can, we can provide resources and, and think about how, how staff can, can be part of the solution as well. Um, and then externally, I think it's, it's twofold. It's one, um, how are we creating content, um, and drawing attention to the, the matter, um, in a sustained fashion and not just being reactionary when there's a tragic event that happens that, that happens to be caught on film. You know, the reality is tragic events like we've witnessed over the, over the course of the summer, um, uh, happen all the time, even if they're not, they're not documented on, on camera. Um, and so we just need to know that, know that we were, um, we're going to continue to talk about it and, and draw attention to it. And also, but in a positive way, try to, try to push for solutions as well. And I think a lot of that comes from education and empathy, which is just about humanizing it and, and allowing people to share their experiences. And that's both, you know, from the staff side, but also I think something that's really important is that we're working with our players, um, who have an incredible platform themselves, uh, and have, have used it. And we want to help amplify their message and their experience and their stories, um, because, you know, whether it's PK um, or, or Jack, uh, you know, there's, um, uh, they're, they're going through this, this process in a, in a very different way based on their own experiences. And I think that them sharing their experiences helps different, you know, people across our market and our fan base relate in different ways that they, they can connect to the issue. And it's been fabulous to witness uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously, as involved in the Devils players have used their platform more and more. We're speaking with David Gould. He's the newly named Chief Diversity and Impact Officer for Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment. And uh, for those who don't know, and I imagine most people who are listening do, HBSE owns the Sixers, owns the Devils, among many other sports and entertainment platforms. We are located, the Devils, in the city of Newark, the state's largest city. The Sixers have a practice facility in Camden, and of course, they're based in Philadelphia. Uh, the recent commitment by our owners, uh, Josh Harris and David Blitzer, of $20 million on behalf of HBSE, part of the uh, action plan that we've discussed, it has uh, several components. Uh, invest in Black communities, support Black and minority-owned businesses and entrepreneurs, promote education, health, and employment opportunities for Black community members, and amplify and build workplaces founded in respect, diversity, and inclusion across HBSE properties. Wow, like where do you start? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I think it's a, something that's it's, it's ironic in a way that we're in the sports business, because when you, when you rattle all that off, like that's, um, uh, you know, this work is definitely going to be a team sport in and of itself. Um, uh, you know, all those things you touched on uh, touch different parts of our business. Um, and uh, I think one of the, the, the beautiful things about that plan and that we hope is sort of like a recipe for success, I know it's something that we spoke a lot about with, with Josh and David, is um, we, we didn't want to put together a plan that was just like a single program or initiative. Um, we wanted to think about this in a more comprehensive fashion and thinking about how we leverage our business and what we really do well. Um, and sort of harness those resources towards having a positive impact. So um, when you think about investing in, in uh, black neighborhoods for community-driven revitalization, um, that's uh, HBSE real estate, our real estate arm is gonna be instrumental in that effort. 
um, uh, when you think about investing in, in Black-owned businesses um, uh, and doing more business with those businesses, that's about how we do our purchasing um, and what businesses we're working with. Um, we have programs where we're going to be donating some of our marketing assets to Black-owned businesses and minority-owned businesses. Um, and then we haven't, we haven't, um, we're in the process of exploring this, but we also have, uh, you know, venture and, and, um, and investment operations uh, where we can think about how we're also supporting uh, Black-owned companies from that standpoint as well. We have tremendous community and, and um, uh, community relations programs, um, I'm sorry, community responsibility programs and the foundations of the Sixers and Devils uh, that do work in the community. So, you know, across all of our sort of verticals and, and business operations, we want to think about how we're, what are the opportunities to leverage that for positive change. And so my job is sort of to be a, a facilitator and help put together the vision, but it's, it's really working uh, across the organization because this is about um, really infusing this into the DNA uh, and culture of the company, not, not having a, a standalone effort. To see a company infuse this into the DNA, exactly what you're saying. How do you hope this impacts the sports world as a whole and encourages other professional organizations to take their part in uh, creating change in terms of racial equity and sustainable growth for racial justice? Yeah, I mean, I think the bottom line is we just want to do our part to be part of the solution. Um, uh, ideally, um, we are successful in our own efforts and become a leader that push others to, to follow suit. Um, uh, you know, we, I, because this is such a longstanding issue, I think, you know, the definition of, in, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I think this is a, an, an example of, of us acknowledging that we want to see change, we want to see something different, and therefore we need to um, uh, build on the efforts that we've, we've made in the past in terms of working in the community, but also do more and think more comprehensively about it. So I think that also applies to our industry as well. Um, uh, I know more and more companies and brands are thinking about how they engage on this issue, and, and we, we hope to be part of that surge and hopefully leading that surge towards uh, this becoming more the norm than the exception. So much to be done, but from an HBSE standpoint, so much has been done already. For those who are listening, this is not just a one-off. This is not some moment of reckoning that has come to our uh, leadership team from ownership on down. I mean, we have, and I'm again, I'm not sure listeners who may be devil-centric get this, but we have a very diverse leadership group. And so this is just a component, isn't it, David, of what HBSE has been doing all along but is a very dramatic and important step forward. That's, that's exactly right, Matt. You know, we have um, uh, the investing in the community, um, uh, promoting diversity within our company. I think we have, um, uh, our company is pretty diverse, especially along gender lines um, uh, in terms of our, our leadership. Um, and uh, we wanna build on that foundation. Uh, we wanna continue this. This is really just doubling down on, on things that, that we've done in the past and identifying areas where we can improve um, and, and amplify our efforts. So um, again, that's, that's sort of going back to, um, uh, you know, we, we wanna do things differently, but not because uh, we weren't doing anything before. It's just that uh, we wanna do more. And I think this is a great, this is an example of how we're, we're following through on that. For you to take a step back on a more personal note, for you to know that you're going to be leading this change within this company. And we've talked about this plan. We know how extensive the impact of this plan can be. For you to think, this is my future. This is what I'm driving change. What do you think and how does that drive you to push forward with these plans? 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a privilege, um, truly. Um, and the reason I say that is because, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned, my career has been focused on, um, uh, you know, community investment and especially working with minority communities and figuring out how we can uh, improve quality of life in them and, and drive resources there. Uh, but, you know, personally, um, these are things based on where I come from in my own experience, these are things that are very uh, important to me. And so to be able to have a job um, working uh, on a platform such as HBSE um, and in, in an industry as, as interesting and exciting as, as the sports and entertainment industry with two incredible professional sports teams, um, to marry all that together and to be able to come into work every day knowing that uh, I'm having a positive impact on the things that I really, I really care about is, um, you know, not something that I take for granted. And beyond all that, um, you know, there's just a, a lot of good work that, that can be done. And so it's really important to me that we maximize the potential there because at the end of the day, it's going to be a lot of other people, both within our, our company and within our communities that are going to benefit from it. And this role, although it is unique now, there's a hope that these roles pop up throughout all sports organizations in the future. When you look forward three, five, 10 years, what would you hope to see out of the sports world when it comes to embracing diversity and social justice? Yeah, oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think one, you mentioned it, is that um, there are more dedicated resources to this. Again, I think the creation creation of this role and, and the level at which um, it was created really speaks to to our company's commitment towards it. Um, uh, something something about diversity in a lot of a lot of companies um, and, and organizations is it's sort of like a volunteer job, right? Um, and so uh, a lot of folks who are working on it uh, when there aren't dedicated staff or resources to it, it's you know it's sort of like an extracurricular activity when you're when you're in school. And I think. Um, the trend toward dedicating resources to it from a staff standpoint, but then also from an investment standpoint, um, really speaks to to the importance that we see in it. So I think hopefully within um, within you know three to five years we see more more brands and companies that are that are taking that uh, that approach as well. Um, uh, and again, like our in addition to just the the philanthropic investments that we're making, a lot of this is how we do business, um, and so. Uh, ideally, our business practices look a little bit different in three to five years because um, we're taking things like race and equity and inclusion and equality into account, um, uh, both from a hiring standpoint and from a procurement standpoint. Um, and I think the more brands and companies that, that start to take that lead um, or, or you know, follow suit, uh, the more we're going to be able to see change um, uh, across our communities and, and across our country. So it's not something that's going to happen overnight. But I think that uh, we first need to, to, you know, develop some practices and, and sort of like exercise our muscles in that respect um, uh, before we can see results. But that's a, a critical first step. Well, as you mentioned earlier, we didn't get here overnight, so the solution won't be overnight. Hopefully, it's not centuries in reaching, <laughs> in reaching uh, the solutions. Of course, yeah. that's not going to be the case. Uh, again, uh, we have uh, we have reached a point in our society where the conversations are taking place, the action is taking place, uh, and it's a very, very good thing. So we talked earlier, David, about the athletes uh, under the HBSE umbrella yeah. using their platforms uh, to speak out. We will never get 100% unanimity. There are some fans who believe, I only want my athletes to play the games. Yeah. What do you say to those who say, don't talk politics, just play games? Yeah, well, you know, one thing I would say is that, um, 
you know, for for us and, and our company, you know, for us, this isn't a political issue. This is really about um, a human rights issue. This is about how how people are treated fairly, which hopefully we all can get get behind and, and agree on. Um, uh, and so that's really, really what we want to focus on. It's not about it's not about uh, mixing athletics and, and, and politics. It's about, um, uh, you know, sports are, are a place that, that have the opportunity to be um, sort of a great equalizer in the sense that uh, when you when you're playing a sport and when you're on a team, hopefully you're not worried about uh, you know what um, you know what race anybody is or, or where they come from. They're your teammate, and you're there to, to accomplish a common goal. Um, and you know we just want to we think that there's an incredible opportunity to use the power of sport to to bring people together. Um, so in our minds, this isn't really a controversial stance that that we're taking. Um, uh, we think it's an important stance that we're taking. We take it very seriously. Uh, but you know, working with our with our players in particular, knowing that they are going to get that backlash and that some people are going to politicize it, it's important to us that they know that we support them, um, uh, that we're aligned in their values, uh, and that um, you know we want to we want to work hand in hand with them towards what we think uh, is really common sense changes for us to make in our country. The sports industry, of course, it depends on which sport and what level, but there have been a pro- there has been a problem with diversity, not mm-hmm. only with race, but gender. And as we see companies like HBSC really embracing this, there is an importance on highlighting good recruitment practices. Matt has mentioned this part of the plan, but I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper on this, David. How important is representation in sports and how do you believe that through your role and through this action plan, HBSC will become even more diverse when it comes to new people coming into the sports industry? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's um it's really a couple of fronts that that we're we're thinking about this on. Um, uh, you know, in partnership with uh, our HR department, um, uh, really coming up with a strategy for how we can be successful. One thing is making sure that we're uh, ensuring that people are aware of opportunities. Um, and so uh, we want to be really intentional about our recruitment practices, uh, really understand how people get into the industry um, and what barriers may exist, either because exposure or, or some other reason. Um, uh, so we've talked about things like partnering with uh, historically black colleges and universities, um, uh, you know, through internship programs or recruitment programs or things like that to make sure that we're building a pipeline and those opportunities are being provided. But on the flip side of things, um, it's not just about presenting those opportunities. People have to wanna come uh, and work within the industry. And when you see a workplace or see an industry where there are people who, uh, there are not that many people that look like you or have your experience, it's probably not gonna be um, as compelling or enticing a, a place to go. And so we don't want that to be a reason somebody turns down what we think will be a tremendous opportunity. So we need to um, make sure that uh, we are continuing to think about how we retain um, uh, our our employees across gender and across race. Um, we think making our workplace as inclusive as possible is an important piece of that. Making sure that everybody feels comfortable in their own skin and feels you know comfortable sharing their experiences and feels supported. Um, uh, and that also we're thinking about um, really being fair and equitable about advancement opportunities. Um, you know, when we think about our industry, our industry is not as diverse as it could be, as I think we hope it would be. And so that's another place that, um, you know, we've prioritized diversity in the past and want to continue to to, to make it a, a top priority and, and really double down on that effort and, and hopefully be a leader. So with that part of the front office and the staff that works in sports, when you look now on the ice or on the court or on the field and mm-hmm. you see more 
athletes creating an atmosphere where they are speaking out about racism being a human rights issue. How do you believe that will impact more players wanting to come into the sport and maybe even trying sports that have been typically predominantly white in the past? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be critically important. You know, I mean, I, I grew up as a basketball player. Um, uh, I enjoyed basketball, uh, not just because it's a sport that I love to play, but because in my neighborhood, that was the dominant sport that was played. Um, uh, when I, when I looked on TV and saw people that looked like me and, and that therefore I, I, uh, I looked up to as role models, m- many of them were, were basketball players as well. So there's like definitely an identity piece of this that makes, that can make a sport more attractive. And so, um, I think, when we don't have that diversity, um, uh, that may be a deterrent for either consciously or subconsciously for kids who are, who are trying to figure out what they want to play. Um, I think we really need to make intentional efforts to, to make sure that those opportunities are, are provided to them. So I know that's something that the league uh, has thought a lot about and is putting um, programs in place to, to make sure that we diversify our sport um, in, in reference to hockey. And so I, I think that's a, that's a critical piece of it um, because, you know, Youth sports are not just like, you know, most most kids aren't going to go up to be professional NBA or, or NHL players, but uh, they are a real opportunity to, to build, um, you know, team building skills, a lot of skills that are going to be transferable to the workplace and to be, you know, successful adults down the road, um, perseverance, uh, hard work, uh, determination, things like that. So I think the more the more we can make uh, all sports, especially hockey accessible uh, to those groups, the better. Terrific response, and we have certainly appreciated the time you have given us. Uh, you, you mentioned that you played basketball. This is a little insider for those who don't know who are listening. Our chief executive officer, Scott O'Neill, is a very competitive, good basketball player. How does your game compare to Scott's <laughs> if you guys are going one-on-one? So I, I don't know yet because I haven't had the privilege of being on the court with Scott. I've, okay. I've, heard, I've heard from him and, and others. What Scott has told me is that um, I may I may be uh, I may be better on the court in terms of getting a bucket, but um, there's no way I can hold a candle to his trash talk. So I'll uh, <laughs> I'll, um, I'll let him have that, uh, uh, but definitely look forward to it. It's something we've actually talked a, a good bit about. Um, uh, definitely looking forward to when we can all get back in the gym again safely and uh, and get on the court because that's um. Uh, something I'm really looking for. <laughs> you, you know, you're right. I mean, I forget how long it's been. Like you think that, uh, you know, you could have had a game yesterday, but of course uh, COVID has other ideas. How was your game at the university of Rochester, by the way? I, I thought it was okay. You know, um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, playing at Rochester was a, was a real treat. I have a, a lot of great friends that I made from, from playing on the team up there. I was a, I was a combo guard. I, I wasn't our, uh, a star player. I was more of a, um, a glue guy. I was sort of charred with guard in there, their top scorer most times. And, uh, you know, it was a slasher and got a bucket here and there where I could, but, um, uh, we went to the, the sweet 16, my freshman year, my senior year, actually my senior year, we were chosen to finish last in our conference, ended up winning it and, and going to the sweet 16. So it was a pretty fun way to, to finish out the college career. Great well, way to go could, out. <laughs> yes. And Prudential center has plenty of scene hall games so now that you are joining the HBSC family, including on the Devils side, you'll have the opportunity to see some of those college games. Bringing that all together, though, this will be an opportunity for you to work in Newark and a new community for you to impact. You have spent so much of your career with Philadelphia. What do you hope to achieve broadening your scope and working with Newark now? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm um, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I've spent my whole career in Philadelphia, so I'm, I'm excited to learn about some of the great things that I've already heard are going on in Newark. Um, I know there are a lot of the similar challenges in the communities that we face in Philadelphia um, uh, that are also uh, challenges in Newark. Um, uh, but I've already been connected to some great organizations, especially when we think about um, uh, the business community. So uh, I know the mayor uh, uh, has put together uh, a task force and a program focused on anchor procurement. So thinking about how large institutions like ours, like anchor, anchor institutions, so to speak, um, uh, can do more business with local businesses um, and uh, do more business with diverse businesses. Um, so I've connected with, um, with, the, with the Newark Anchor uh, Collaborative. I've also um, <clears throat> connected with Invest Newark, another great organization that I know is doing a lot of good work there. Um, so uh, I know there's a lot I have to learn, um, uh, a lot of people and organizations I, I need to meet, but um, uh, I'm excited to build those relationships and those partnerships because I think, uh, again, there's just a lot, of, a lot of potential we have with the commitment that, that we've made and um, I'm looking forward to, to building all of that out. We wish you the very best of luck in achieving that and so much more as the Chief Diversity and Impact Officer for HBSE. David, we'll leave it at this after somewhere near a half hour, maybe a little bit more of this conversation. For those who have listened in, heard your thoughts, what should their principal takeaway be? What is there one message you want them to take away from what we've discussed today? Yeah, you know, I think it's that, um, uh, you know, HBSE and, and our managing partners on down throughout the organization have really made a commitment and a statement that, um, you know, issues related to race and diversity and racism are things that we care deeply about. We're committed to make a po making a positive change. Um, uh, and we, uh, we want people to know that, that we're, we're serious about our commitment. I think the $20 million uh, exemplifies that. Um, and uh, are really excited about uh, the good work that, that we're going to be doing moving forward. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing this action plan put into place and moving forward. Uh, it, it has been discussed. The financial commitment is there, and your hiring is another step in the right direction. David, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you both. I appreciate you having me. Boy, that was a lot of fun, Catherine. And beyond that, it was very informative and clearly the Devils are an HBSE are in very good hands with David Gould as their Chief Diversity and Impact Officer. I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to seeing what the first step is, but I'm also interested in seeing what the next two, three, four, five years will bring such a changing time we're in. A hundred percent. And something that I loved that David talked about was how his whole career has always been about community involvement. And, you know, Sure, we are a sports organization. Sure, we have sports teams, but sports are more than just the teams that play. It's about enveloping the communities that these teams play in. So I'm very excited that the right man was chosen for this job and someone who's so in tune with the community and its involvement. So definitely excited to see those next few steps, but I do believe that he'll have a huge impact with HBSC. It, it is a daunting challenge, but one that he has fully embraced. And that goes along with what our company, HBSE, is all about. It is as wide open armed company as I've ever had the pleasure of working for. I mean, if they could stretch it, uh, never mind 180 degrees from shoulder to shoulder, make it 360, they would. It is a very <laughs> welcoming, inclusive it's a progressive organization and it's just brilliant.
Agreed. And it's been an amazing first year for me with this company. Matt, I know you've been involved a couple of years longer than me, but it is exciting to see a company that already prides itself in being so inclusive and taking very actionable steps that will not only have an impact within the organization, but also in the sports world in general. Hopefully this will spark other teams and other organizations to do the same and also move forward and progress themselves. HBSE continues to be a leader in its field. And on that note, we will wrap things up for this edition of Speak of the Devils. Catherine, it was a blast. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Matt. Had a lot of fun with you and special guest, uh, David Gould. We thank him for his time as well. And as always, we thank you for your company. We will see you next time. Until then, be safe, be well. So long, everyone. 